Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. Today we're continuing our new series called Driving Leadership, which is aimed at demystifying leadership by having real conversations with leaders. You'll witness conversations with leaders from all walks of life and learn about what drives them to lead, their development stories, and about some current challenges they are facing. I'm Bill Berthel, and joining me today is Rob Hack. Rob, welcome. Thanks for having me, Bill. I'm thrilled, and I can't wait to have this conversation with you. Rob, you're the president and CEO of a regional health information organization called Healthy Connections, headquartered here in Syracuse, New York. I can't wait to hear more about you and your team and what your organization does. But before we get there, our listeners like to understand what motivates leaders and your leadership. What's your big why? What gets you up in the morning saying, I'm a leader, this is why I lead? I think my big why is mission. I think, you know, we've, you know, pretty much through my whole career, you know, I've had an opportunity to work in some interesting companies and it's always been about how I can provide value to the mission of the company as an individual and as a leader. And so, you know, when I get up every day, I look at what we're supposed to do for our customers and our employees. And, and you know, that's what motivates me. It's really focus on mission and focus on the things that are important to get the work done for the customers that you have. We've worked together for a few years now, and I'm a huge fan of your organization, but tell our listeners a little bit more about Healthy Connections, what a uh, regional health information organization, you guys have a lot of acronyms, right? You call yourselves a Rio. I immediately think of Rio de Janeiro, and it's a big party. It almost is. You guys are a lot of fun, but tell us about your mission. What do you do? Well, we are accredited with the New York State Department of Health, and um, we actually operate a thing called a health information exchange. And we partner with physicians, hospital organizations, and community-based organizations to aggregate patient health records. And the information that we get from the hospitals and from labs, radiology centers, and physician offices, we aggregate it and we build a comprehensive patient record. So why do we do that? Well, we do that because there's no place within a community where all the records exist in one spot. Mm. So if a patient goes to the hospital, and is unresponsive, the hospital has no way of knowing what that patient's health history is. They can use our system, Healthy Connections, and be able to go in with patient consent and be able to look up that patient's comprehensive health history from all the providers that have contributed data to our exchange. We started this activity in 2010 with a service area of the 11 counties of central and northern New York. And then last year, I'm sorry, in 2018, we completed a merger with another organization like ours that supports the Southern Tier and the Hudson Valley region. So now we support over 8 million patient lives in 26 counties of New York State. Wow. Yeah, I was looking at the map on your website. The swath is like the center part of the state from New York City all the way up to the Canadian border now. Yeah, we, uh, you know, in the the Hudson Valley area, you know, we we sort of go down to Rockland and Westchester County. Yes. Go up to just south of Albany. And then to your point, in the, in the central swath, it's everything from the Pennsylvania border straight up to the Canadian border. It's incredible. Over 8 million people. Yep. And so I think I, at my doctor visit, I think I filled out a form that said I can partake in this. So my records are combined and available to any other health providers I go to, right? That's the value to me as a patient. Correct. And, and that, you know, it, there's a, the patient efficiencies, patient safety, patient quality. You know, it, it's having the information that's needed. I'm sure there's been many cases where people go to an orthopedics appointment and someone says, well, where's your CD? You know, I'd like to see that history. Right. Well, 
we used to move a lot of data around in paper formats as well as things like CDs for radiology images and all that information now is available at everyone's fingertips. So no longer do you really need to do that. And in New York State, that information can be shared by the providers, but it's really up to the patients to consent to allow that information to actually be used. Very big part of the process. Sure, sure. Rob, take us on your journey as a leader. How did you get to this place you are? You've, you've been doing this for about 10 years, I think you said, since 2010? Yes. Tell, uh, tell us about your leadership journey. How'd you get here? Well, interestingly enough, I you know graduated with a computer science and math degree and went to work like many people did for a large company. And so, uh, you know, back in the early 80s, I worked for Eastman Kodak Company in their IT department, went through a number of different roles there. And at Eastman Kodak, I was actually identified as a, what they refer to as a high performer. So I was put into an executive development program hmm. um, where they paid for my uh, MBA during that time. From there, I was actually recruited to go to Carrier Corporation, which brought me here at Syracuse in a senior IT position there as well. And I think having the, you know, the, the master's in business administration sort of rounded me out from a business perspective. I've always been involved in more of the business aspects of IT, not necessarily the technical aspects, meaning, you know, providing information and applications to actually, you know, meet business needs. That's always been sort of where I've been. So I, you know, my career really spanned a couple of really large organizations and I sort of grew my capabilities and toolkit to be able to want to run my own IT shop. So uh, I went from large companies actually into the mid-sized market where I was the CIO of a company down in Cortland called Marietta Corporation that makes the little shampoos and soaps you see in hotels. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And at the same time got recruited from there to actually be the CIO of Anita Limited at about the time they were going through their debt to equity swap as a corporation. And so I was over there as the CIO. And then quite honestly, Ignite had gone through a bunch of changes and I was really looking for something different to do. And quite honestly, I've been involved in, in sort of consumer and manufacturing and distribution companies. I was really looking for something different. Did some homework and looked at a couple other industries like education as well as healthcare. And literally right place at the right time through a networking conversation, I, I met a woman by the name of Nancy Smith and Nancy talked to me about this exchange that was going to be coming and that they were going to be looking for someone to help build it. And so, uh, you know, we just started talking about it and I said, well, you know, she asked me a few questions about it, you know, what do I think about that? How would it work? And we got into about an hour long conversation about, well, here's probably what you're going to need if you're going to build this. And so sort of from professional advice to her, you know, she called me up a month later and said, they're going to look for somebody to run this and you should apply. And so I did, and uh, we sort of went through the, you know, the interview process. And it, it was, it, for me, it was very exciting because as many of you know, it's very difficult to change industries. Yeah. If you've been involved in banking for 20, 30 years, it's hard to go to another industry. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, what I really did was leverage my career skills and said, you know, I really didn't know much about healthcare, but I did know enough about IT and managing people and building organizations. And so, quite honestly, that's why I was hired. So I figured I could learn the rest, but really what I really brought to the you know, table was the experience I had in delivering value, growing an organization and putting processes and procedures in place. So that's my history. That's awesome, Rob. Thanks for that story. Thanks for your story. Uh, so from, you know, early on building this organization today, 10 years later, uh, significant growth, what current challenges are you facing in your field? And how are you meeting them as a leader? 
Well, you know, you always say the good news is you're in healthcare. The bad news is you're in healthcare. <laughs> uh, you know, healthcare is an ever-evolving industry. You know, I, I've never seen anything quite like it. The change that's been going on in healthcare for the 11 years, actually, Bill, that we've been working this yeah. is crazy. I'll use an analogy. It's you know, it's driving a car on a windy road. You just don't know how tight the turns are. Mm. You really don't know what's around the bend each time. So. I think in our job here, we really needed to be adaptable to what's happening. You know, there's just a tremendous amount of change in healthcare through regulation, both at the state and federal level. You know, so I think it's just a very, very dynamic industry. And if you're not someone who really likes change and really look to adapt your business, you probably shouldn't be in this business. Mm. I think from, you know, more down to earth, you know, we, in 2019, we completed a merger with another organization like ours. Right. Uh, had to go through the assimilation process of the activity. And, you know, we went through everything from merging staffs to now going from one location, servicing, you know, a region to supporting essentially four regions, you know, central region of New York, the Southern tier, the upper Hudson Valley, lower Hudson Valley. All these regions are different. Healthcare is delivered differently in those regions. It's really been a whole learning process about what are the triggers? What goes on in the in Westchester, and how is that different than what goes on in Binghamton? And then, most importantly, is the people aspects. You know, we had to merge two organizations with two sets of culture. You know, we've been working with Emergent for almost seven years now. You know, on getting our core business, Healthy Connections. You know, in the, in moving us from good to great. And so now we had to bring in a whole new culture, and really assimilate those people to drive performance. And, you know, with the merger, we really didn't have the luxury of time. We really needed to perform. Yes. You know, it's been a challenge of, you know, making it all work in a very short period of time and keeping your focus on developing relationships in new markets and also developing relationships with your employees to drive that common culture that will lead to increased performance. It is so much of a relationship business inside and outside your organization. I remember the first time stepping into your space before you were in the new space you're in now, how energized and how at the same time relatable everyone was internally. And that, that certainly has to transmit outwardly too, to your customers, suppliers, the hospitals, the clinics, the doctors. Talk a little bit about your culture. I think your term, if I misquote you, correct me, I think you sometimes call it casually competent. Right. Yeah, I love that. What, what does that mean? I think, you know, having the luxury of being employee number one and really building, you know, the company from one employee to almost 60 today, yeah. you know, we sort of set on a journey to say, well, who do we want to be when we start adding more people to this business? What is the culture we wanted? And Karen Romano, who's my senior vice president of operations, her and I had done work in the past together at Carrier Corporation. She joined Healthy Connections as employee number two. And Karen and I sort of laid out a, a roadmap, and the roadmap was pretty simple. We came from large corporations, okay? And there's some good things that you learn in large corporations, and there's some things you don't want to experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we said we wanted to have a little bit of fun with the business, and we wanted to sort of bring, you know, a level of competency there where, where people really felt comfortable working with us. You know, we're really not a bunch of stuff suits. You know, it's never been our MO. You know, we want to have fun with what we do. We want people to enjoy it. We want employees to have passion. Okay. And obviously we need to be competent in what we do. We are here to help. And so, you know, if you look at us as a service organization, you know, to our customers and participants, 
we want them to enjoy working with us. So that's where the casually competent comes in. I think, you know, nobody wants to work for somebody they don't like. And so we try to be likable, but we also try to be really competent about what we do. And it comes through anytime I know visitors come through, people say hello, they smile, they're engaged. That's pretty amazing. I often ask leaders, guest leaders like yourself, to share some advice. So our listeners come from all walks of life. Some folks are leaders, some aspiring to be leaders. What maybe three pieces of advice would you give our listeners around leadership? I guess I'd say the first one I would say is you have to have passion for what you do. I don't know that anybody's going to follow you if they don't believe you believe. And so you know, I, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the people I work with. I enjoy this crazy market of healthcare. I think employees and customers will tell you when we interact that I am energized by the work we do. And I think you need to be there. And um, so I, I think passion is number one, right? You know, I also think as a leader, you really need to keep two other things in mind, fairness and integrity. And so you need to walk the talk. Um, you know, it is hard to be fair, okay? And sometimes you commonize certain things because you are trying to be fair. But the minute you get out of sync with either integrity or fairness, things start to go south. And so we try to balance those. You know, we wanna, we wanna run with high values. We wanna run with integrity. If we can't do something, we tell you. You know, we wanna make the right promises. Renegotiate when things aren't going right. Just be open and honest. And that's where the fairness comes in as well. You know, we want to be fair with our customers, but more importantly, we want to be fair with our employees. And sometimes that's difficult. We have four offices now and we've got, you know, four sets of people that have all been in different worlds. And it's, you know, how do you drive fairness in the process, whether it's things from, you know, your benefits programs to just your processes and procedures, you know? And so, uh, you know, I think those are the big ones for me. And then last but not least, be a continuous learner and always look for value. And if you don't look for value, you shouldn't be in a leadership position. You should always be asking how to build a better mousetrap. You should always be asking, what else can we do for our customers? What else can we do for our employees? To me, that's the cornerstone. Nice, nice. So uh, where's Healthy Connections going? What can we expect in the future? You know, I think we're going to continue to grow. You know, we have the area of the Hudson Valley. When you look at you know, two counties alone, Rockland County and Westchester County, the population down there is a million and a half. Yes. That's the same population of the 11 counties of the central region. <laughs> so, you know, I think we're going to continue to grow that business. Our number one objective this year that almost every employee can rattle off and our board knows it is simple. It's three words, relationships, relationships, relationships. Mm. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, we want to maintain the relationships we have in our core regions. And we're very strong in, in obviously the central region, North Country, and Southern Tier. We want to grow our relationships down in the Hudson Valley region. You know, and they're not easy. You know, we have to have relationships with IT people, with chief medical officers, chief nursing officers, mm-hmm. CEOs of hospitals. But if you don't have those relationships, you can't do anything else. They won't listen to your value proposition. You can have the best goods in the world if nobody's willing to buy them. So we're going to continue to focus in on relationships. We are heavily invested, not just in technology. Because, you know, you look at us, people think we're a technical company. We're a people company. We have as many people in customer engagement as we do on the technical side. Mm. And so we need to be out with our customers. We need to obviously forge relationships. 
um, so we understand what they need so we can get, deliver them valued services. So, you know, where's our focus? It's going to be on continuing to grow the business through relationships, relationships, and relationships. That's awesome, Rob. You have so many great leadership stories you've shared with me in the past, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me your, your proudest moment as a leader. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know if I would say it was a proudest moment, but I think, you know, we started Healthy Connections back in 2010 and, and I was one thrilled to be able to, you know, sort of create a roadmap and develop it. I think actually it's going to sound a little odd. The proudest moment was about into year seven, you know, four years or more ago, Taryn Romano and I were in my office and we were talking about the business and all of a sudden they said, did you realize we just hit over 80% of the providers in our region are actually sharing data with us and participating. Mm. And I think we both sat back and said, wow, you know, to me, it was such a wow moment because our philosophy all along was let's just put our heads down and do work and let's work with our customers to deliver value. So my wow moment was really just this whole, like, holy crap, what did we just do? Yeah. You know? So it wasn't a single event, you know, there's been many good events, you know, uh, you know, many good stories over the years, but I think it was, you know, we set out to build something, okay? And that includes not only the company and its processes, but its people. You know, we went from year seven, we were probably 30 something people, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just think it was this whole rap realization of, wow, we, we put our heads down, we worked hard, we listened, we learned, and we built something. You know, I think we took a sigh and then we were right back and tried to figure out how to go from 80 to 81. <laughs> right, right, right. I think that's what it was. It was, it was to me, it was just that one time where we were sitting in my office and I said, you know, literally, holy crap, do you realize we're at 80%? And, you know, and that's a benchmark in our industry. You know, mature health information exchanges, you know, need to have that volume of data. You know, and in New York State, you know, I think we are one of the leading health information exchanges and, and we also participate on the national stage. So it's been sort of nice to get some recognition, not only in New York, but also across the country, you know, that we've hit some milestones that took people many more years to achieve than we did. And that's as much a testament to our participants as it is to us, you know, we partner. And so without their help and support, you know, it never would have happened. So to us, it was a culmination of a lot of hard work from our side, but really a lot of hard work with our participants working with us and having that trust. Well, great milestones. And I know there's more in the future. Can't wait to see where they go. Rob, thank you so much for your time and energy today, sharing your stories with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Bill. I always appreciate talking to you guys. Listen for more segments of Driving Leadership right here on the Get Emergent podcast, where we'll continue the conversations with a new leader every month. And come back for more leadership content with Cindy Massengill and Ralph Simone, where they discuss real leadership challenges in a practical, comprehensive, and relatable format.